Hello, friends, and welcome to the show this week. I'm Joe. I'm Fiorelise, and this is the Esoterics Podcast. Hello, friend. What is new in your world? Oh, not too much. Just enjoying some rainy weather out here in California. It so. doesn't rain a lot there? No, not at all. Um, and it shows because nobody knows how to fucking drive. <laughs> okay, so what does that mean? How are they? Do they are they uh, like the crashing? people just speed through? And like I saw like a guy ran a stop sign next to me this morning, and just excess stuff where it's like you wouldn't drive like that in regular conditions. Why would you drive like that now? So now, did he run the stop sign because he was hydroplaning or something? No, just because he's being a dick. Oh well. And you know, like how I assume that it's a guy. It right. Like, well, it was. We already know. know it was. <laughs> so they're out of their, they're out of their element in, um, in the, when it's not sunny and uh, Yeah. And I feel like there's two types of drivers out here when it rains. It's one who drives extra slow, extra careful, which I understand. Yeah. I'm okay. I get it. And then there's the one who thinks that they can just drive through the rain really, really fast. Yeah. Yeah, and those are the ones that basically put everybody else in danger. Right. So they're just awful. <laughs> so that was there was during a rainstorm when I was in Phoenix, and mm-hmm. um, you know um, everybody was like, "You have to drive slow. You have to drive slow because the water pools on the road because there's no runoff because it's like a mm. rock." Whereas mm. like in Michigan, it's like soil and dirt, and you know. Um, oh, it gets absorbed. Yes, uh-huh. and 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 so you know that's the difference. Um, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a careful driver, I think anyway, I mean, I drive fast, but I'm also not stupid. So when the driving conditions are questionable, I, you know, become aware and mindful and all that stuff. So, Mm -hmm. so, yep. Yeah. How are you doing on uh, Christmas shopping and all that? You know, I don't have a ton of people to shop for. Um, I made um, gifts for my um, my nieces and um, a couple other people. Um, and, you know, I just give my nephew money because he just, he loves money, you know. Yeah. Um, plus he's, you know, he's like a 20-something year old male, like, you know. Who knows what he wants? A t-shirt, underwear, underwear, (laughs) socks, right? But it's like, all right, well, he's my nephew. He gives like the best bear hugs. Like the last thing I want to get him is, you know, stuff that's boring. That's, you know, like t-shirts and socks and stuff. His mom can get him that. So, right. Um, right. so I would like to get him something. I I would, would have liked to have made him a piece of jewelry, but I don't know if he'll wear it, you know, or so. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I did go Christmas shopping for the first time because um, I didn't do any Christmas shopping last year. And uh-huh. um, and that was interesting. Um, it was pouring out rain, pouring pouring down rain. So yeah. it, it's weird because there's no snow here, but it still feels Christmassy. Um, but mm. it's just different. It's just a different feeling. Um, yeah. A Michigan Christmas. Um, yeah. yeah. But of course, I'm the like, I hate snow. Snow sucks. So. I can't have, I can't have the, I can't have it both ways. Right. Yeah. And I like snow, but I don't think I would enjoy living in it. So I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That's what it is. Right. It's no fun to live in. Like seriously, like mm-hmm. the, it, it clumps on your shoes and you track in salt everywhere and it's dirty and it's cold and it's wet yep. and it gets, it gets those boogers under your car and then your car in the winter. 
Yeah. Because it builds up in your car because it never gets cold enough. So you get in your car and, you know, there's like four inches of snow in there. You know, Mm -hmm. not really, but it's, there's still ice in your car that, Mm -hmm. and it's wet in your, I could just go on and on and on why I dislike living in snow. (laughs) Yeah. You can't just walk out and, you know, just go on about your day. You have to deal with it which is just an extra thing to deal with yes in the winter i just want to go i just want to go check the mail right in the summer Uh throw on flip-flops or you do it barefoot not in the winter not in the Mm -mm. snow you gotta put on some sort of foot covering and maybe a coat yeah it's just it's just a lot i just uh you know i know some people love it but i am not one of those people yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah. That's why we only made it a few months in Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You lived like, there. Nope. Mm-hmm. My parents were like, nope. <laughs> we're out of here. The, yeah. Basically what happened was one day my dad was, uh, he left the apartment to go to work and he walked outside and he slipped on ice and he was like, nope. And he walked back in. He's like, we're moving back. <laughs> so that was it. That's all it took. It's like, fuck this. <laughs> yep. oh, that's hilarious. Seriously. Okay. And um, have you ever fallen on ice? Have you ever slipped in? in yeah. Fall? It's scary. Oh, my God. I And I do it all the time. There was this one. My friends have this um, thing called um, uh, Isapalooza. Every year they're a band. They play on this frozen lake um, up north. Um and it's it's actually really freaking cool. It is such a mm-hmm. fun event. Um, but every stinking year, no matter how much traction I, you know, boots I wear yeah. with traction, I always get drunk and fall on the ice. And granted, <laughs> the problem is the alcohol. It's not my tra- <laughs> But it's like, <laughs> it's just, it's so stupid to fall and slip on ice because it, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and it's completely avoidable, but <laughs> note to self. Mm-mm. Do not do not drink around icy conditions. No. <laughs> Which is actually really fun, you know, cuz I mean, I grew up um, you know, riding snowmobiles and quads and going up north and camping and doing all of those things like when my parents were um, partiers when we were really young, they would get like 20 of their friends together and they would um, all have snowmobiles and they would, you know, back in the day when there was mm-hmm. zero to little thought for child, child safety or whatever, <laughs> throw the kids on the back and they would bar hop at like all these oh old little uptown um, or up up north little um, bars. Uh-huh. It was the best time. It was so much fun. Kids loved it, right? Because we, we could be up till doing whatever the hell and the parents yeah. were progressively drunk or they didn't. <laughs> Kids, go play ping pong or video or whatever video game, pin, oh um, pinball. Um, and that's, that's the fun part of, you know, living in the snow, but Overall, anything else is not. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm almost done with my Christmas shopping, but um, I'm doing, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, a couple years ago, I made boxes, like just little, like a small, like a shoe box. And then I added like little things for my friends. And I sent it to a few of my girlfriends and that were not expecting it. They're just, um, and uh, 
I just really enjoyed putting that together because I feel like it gives me an opportunity to just kind of be really thoughtful as far as like, what would this person like? What does this person like? What do they enjoy? And so I'm going to do that on just on a different scale with some some of our friends, like our couple friends. And that stuff, is such so. a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I just like that. I know it's a, it's a little bit more work because there's more thought involved. Right. But. Mm. But I feel like overall, it's just a more meaningful gift. Right. Whereas like, oh, here's, I don't know, a blanket. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, you know, it's not as much Mm-mm. thought. Although I have received blankets with gifts and, and I, I I love blankets. Blankets too, are so. the best. Blankets and socks. <laughs> so cannot complain. And that's just, you know, that's just an easy gift for someone that you don't know what to buy them for. So yes, yes. I have uh, never received a pair of socks and been upset or sad. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're I just the best. <clears throat> yes. So even in the summer, you know, it's like Oh yeah. I'll I'll make use of them all year mm-hmm. year long. Yeah, when care. it's like when your central air is on and it's cold, it's like, I need my socks. <clears throat> yep. All right. Do we have any announcements? Um, I have one, um, and this is just like a heads up. In January, I'm going to drop um, an announcement about group intuitive development. A lot of people have been asking about that. And you know, because I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Right. But I'm going to actually bring it back. It's going to be once a week. It's going to be for a specific period of time. Um, uh-huh. And it's going to be my intuitive development one-on-one coaching um, program. So it's going to be the same program that, um, you know, you pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for if you want to do it with me one-on-one. Um, but this one is going to be group and it's going to be much less. So oh, look for cool. that announcement. Um and I'm going to offer it just once. I'm going to see how it goes. Um, if it goes well and people respond and they actually join and show up and do the work and all that stuff, I'll offer it again. But if it's like a shit show, people don't, they, they don't sign up for it and they don't show up and it's just a lot of, you know, work and nobody contributes and there's not mm-hmm. a lot of engagement, I'm not going to do it again. So I'm just going to do yeah. this one test, see if it works. And if it does, fantastic. If not, it's time to let it go because, um, you know, that will just make way for something new. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you? Got some announcements? Um, I've actually felt this drive recently uh, about, so, okay. You know, my Instagram account was originally like an accountability account regarding like working out and fitness and yeah. all that. And I still like just have that tendency to kind of revert back to it just because that's what I know to use it for so um i'm working on developing a shadow work class around your around the body so specifically like about the things that you know uh eating habits and even workout habits discovering like why we may feel like it's difficult or sometimes impossible to stick to a workout routine or even, you know, maybe a certain diet or whatever, and just kind of like helping to debunk some stuff about that, because I've, I've learned so much about this over the years, like about nutrition and about exercise and just easy things that um, when you're just getting started, or even if you were once very active and just find yourself like, I can't do this anymore, uh, just to help 
get down to the nitty gritty of it. Like, where does this come from? What's stopping me? What are my blockages? Like all this. And so it just kind of helped to clear out that stuff. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to offer that as, um, as a class, um, probably a recorded class. So yeah, so look, look up out for that in January as well. Oh, that's very exciting. It's perfect timing. And I, for one, am extremely interested because that is legitimately my biggest thing. Like I have a really hard time sticking to um, something because I get bored. So I'm really interested in, in that because if I can get to the root of why I get bored with it, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, as soon as I start to show progress, I get bored with it. So that, yeah. that has to be shadow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So all right, look out for that. All right. Wonderful. That'll get a lot of, of, of support and um, encouragement and excitement around that one, I'm going to bet, especially in January, right? Because everybody's like, you know, Marie Osmond, she's got to start showing up on our screen 14 times a day with her Nutrisystem commercials. Right, right. And that's what I like would like to help people move away from is the idea that you have to buy into these products in order to get where you want to be. Right. Because you don't you yeah. just don't you don't need I know it's it's almost an American thing right of like wanting instant results and wanting a quick fix and mm-hmm. wanting something that works tomorrow mm-hmm. like it's fortunately does not work that way but also allowing ourselves that grace to let that go and let those um, belief systems die because we don't need them and they're not serving us Thank you. I agree. They don't serve us. And then today um, in the group, uh, the esoterics group, I posted a meme about infusing, you know, the energy that you eat your food with or that you prepare your food yes. with is infused with the energy of your thoughts. Yes. Um, you know, and of course that took me back to the conversation that you and I are always having about, you know, food and energy and infusing, uh-huh. and, you know, um, you know, so. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Good. That's exciting. Yeah. So we'll promote, we'll promote that big time. Mm-hmm. talk more about that all right so what are we talking about today so today um we are going to talk about well in episode 32 we talked about the topic of life between life and what happens between incarnations that was very popular um, and people are like we want to know more we want to know more so for this episode and we're going to dive a little deeper into the process of choosing your next human life your next incarnation okay so when i wrote episode 32 i realized that i've never really sought out the details about what specifically that looks like you know the process of choosing your next life um and i know that on the other side that's one of the things that i do so Uh during our break for the holiday Um, I specifically opened my Akashic record and asked to look at the process in a detailed manner and what came through. It was like one of my favorite channels because it was just more like a class. It was crazy. It was this huge channel that broke it down for us from start to finish. So um, that's what I thought I would share today. And uh, yeah, so let's get into that. Mm -hmm. All right. So one of the coolest things that I've learned um, in my work in the Akashic Records, opening up my record um, and other people's records, is that we all have jobs on the other side, air quotes, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Mm -hmm. But 
it's more important to determine that we learn, we teach, we guide, we build, and we create just like we do as humans. Okay. So in one um, meditation, I learned that my job on the other side is to guide a soul as they design their next incarnation by helping those earthbound souls examine all aspects of the process of writing their soul blueprints and then guiding them through to completion, um, Uh which I thought was really cool that I help interpret the soul blueprints as Joanna in human form. Yeah. Of course, you know, it's like you can't make this stuff up. Um, So as my Akashic record opened um, for this specific meditation, when I asked for more information, I was first, I was shown this crystal column. It's like, just think of this huge crystal column that runs from the floor to the ceiling. Um, Mm -hmm. It looked sort of like a giant selenite tower, um, Mm -hmm. but it was more clear. Um, And so this crystal column, it contains the energy of all the potential and possibilities for each, for an earth life. It was just um, like a database, I guess. And it appeared, like like I said, it it looked like a clear quartz, but it had these really cool iridescent flashes in it. Okay. Um, Maybe more like a moonstone, maybe. Okay. All right. So when it was touched, when we touch it, it connects us to all those potential lives that are available to us based on a couple things. Mostly, though, the karmic lessons meant to be learned for balancing karmic debt and gaining spiritual growth in human experiences. So it's like you would, we reach out as souls and we touch it, and then mm-hmm. it's like scrolling through all these lives, like we're scrolling through our timeline, right, on Instagram or something. Yeah. So as we scroll through these lives, like a social media timeline, we see the roles that we could potentially play and the events that we could potentially experience in each available life. So it's as if you say, they say, well, these are the, like they show you like five lives. These are the lives that are available to you to choose from. So you can scroll through, what does that look like at childhood? What does it look like at, you know, young adulthood, adulthood, old age, that sort of thing. Uh Um, And souls can view how we might fit into a certain environment in future segments or yeah, in like future time segments. Um, so at this point, right, we're all, we're, we're full of hope, we're promise and lofty expectations. We're like, I'm going to go back to earth and I'm going to pick like the best life and I'm going to get so much wisdom and, you know, right. But a lot of times we take on too much or we, we think, oh, You know, we're going to give ourselves these really, really hard lives. And that's, yes. And that's when our guides come in and they're like, slow your roll. Okay. (laughs) Slow your roll. Um, And then, so they give us like that support and wisdom, you know, and help us evaluate the potentials of our new life. You know what I'm imagining as you're describing this thing? Have you seen Thor? Uh, The movie Thor? I Okay. I believe so. I've seen all the Marvel movies, but to, you know. Okay, so well then it's in several. It's not just in Thor, but it's in several movies. But the, the the rainbow light bridge, and the flash of rainbow that comes down when he lands like on different planets or whatever. It's like a clear, like it's obviously like a ray of light or whatever, right? That like shoots down. But that's what it reminds me of is like this, like 
huge because the, the rainbow bridge is like this huge like crystal bridge with like iridescent in oh, it cool. um, like yeah rainbow that's that's like in my head when you're describing it like i'm that's what i'm imagining. okay i'm gonna have to check it out like the next time because it's always on there's always some marvel pro yeah marathon on so the soul we want to experience as many different scenarios as possible when it comes to all of these incarnations we want different families. We want different economic conditions. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. we want to be poor. Sometimes we want to be rich. We want social statuses. We want different spiritual and individual beliefs. All of that. We want something new every single time we choose a new life. Um, okay. And so in episode 32, I talked about how souls use astrology and numerology to sort of pinpoint the most beneficial date time and geographic location to be born in, um, you know, using like the planetary positions, mm -hmm. the lunar phases, the astrological events, all that stuff, because those are the things that are going to help us carry out all of the details of our life's plan. Um, that was um, also in relation to Vedic astrology, which you actually knew more about than I did, but I just was like in a channel, I heard it and I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like I, I'd heard yeah. it before, but I didn't know what it was. Um, yeah. and then once I did my research, I was like, Oh my God, you can't, you can't make this stuff up again. Vedic mm -hmm. astrology is based on our individual karma and it provides insight into our personal Dharma or our life path. And it reveals our innate gifts and challenges. So, and why that came up is because um, I just got the sense that there was there. It's just, it's a little bit more technical than they're explaining to me. And that's when they brought in Vedic astrology. Okay. All right. So that's just a little bit of the background. Um, you know, what the, what this sort of column of light looks like, um, you know, how I got this information, that sort of thing. All right. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, basically I just said, okay, so, so, how do we design our lives? How do we, where do we even start? Yeah, um, yeah. And so they're like, well, you first have to determine all of these things. And this is the process. And this is why, you know, it, it takes a while. And there's so many people that you call in. All right. So the first thing we have to do is determine like our desired sort of trajectory, if you will, of growth, um, our level of consciousness, and then, you know, our level of enlightenment. Like, like how woke do you want to be, people? <laughs> um, and so when a soul decides that it's ready to return to earth, you know, first, like I said, we meet with our guides because we just want to do it all. And the guides are like, no. Tone it down. <laughs> yes. Um, and these guides also, some of them have been with us for all of our lifetimes, many lifetimes. Um, mm -hmm. But then we also connect with new guides who sort of bring like a new special skill to the table. So if I want to come into this life as a doctor or my next life as a doctor, um, I would have, you know, maybe a, a guide that helps guide doctors, you know. Sure. Um, we also um, meet with a council of our elders or uh, master teachers who help with the process of determining what our new lessons will be um, this time on earth um, because, uh, you know, and how those new lessons will assist the soul in the best way possible. So I have a group of beings that I call the council and there's three of them and mm -hmm. I have, they've been my spirit guides for, you know, a couple years now, like maybe three or four years. They're very hands off. Um, it's like, they're, they're like you said, they're, they're more of 
like a council of elders, but uh-huh. they show up um, in the city of souls whenever, which is a, which is like a soul retrieval sort of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they show up there as like judges, but they're not judgy. But so I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those elders, um, it just, we all have this council of elders, but okay. I don't think it's the same guides. All right. So the next thing you have to do um, after you've met with all those, you have to determine your personal expression of your soul based on the desired growth and level of consciousness achieved. Okay. Now, tr- now again, I'm reminding everybody that this is a channel. And so I just typed what came through. Now I am ad-libbing some things. I'm explaining other things, but, um, when you hear me talk like that, like must determine the personal expression of your soul. That's, that's the channel that came through from these higher guides. Mm -hmm. All right. So basically what that means is that's when, where we use Vedic astrology, Vedic astrology, I don't know how you say it, um, Mm -hmm. numerology, um, determining your life path, your expression, your purpose, all of that stuff. So that's what that Mm -hmm. step means. Um, You know, you determine your numerology. Um, And then the next step is determining the karmic debt and relationships that need to be balanced. The best way for that to happen. Um, And then this is what they said. This is, they said, Balance is achieved by perspective. Past life karma is looked at and evaluated. But we want you to understand that karma is not punitive. You must think of it like perspective. It is only when you have the perspective of both the perpetrator and the victim, the poor and the wealthy, the educated and the uneducated, can you truly understand the resulting words, thoughts, and actions of a soul's experiences as they depend on the soul's learned capabilities up to that point. So that's what came through. Now, I totally understand all of that, but I want to go back over um, starting with the resulting words, thoughts, and actions of a soul's experiences as they depend on the soul's learned capabilities up to that point. Um, so basically, it's kind of like manifestation. Up to this point, if you've learned the way to manifest is by writing yourself a check to the universe and that's what works for you, then that's great. But maybe in the next life, you say, okay, we need to do this deeper. What are the Mm -hmm. learned capabilities? Um, And so um, I'm assuming that that's what that means. So sometimes I don't understand what they say. Sometimes I do. Most times I do. Yeah. Okay. The next thing they say is determine the karmic lessons to be learned as a result of the like circumstances that you've experienced. So again, if you've experienced um, many lifetimes as being extremely wealthy, now it's time to start experiencing lifetimes where maybe you experience poverty or lack or something like that. We need to determine the gender that best supports the lesson and growth desired. Um, So are we going to be male? Are we going to be female? Are we going to, you know, be born into a male body, but then have the desires of a female so that we are trans or, you know, um, Mm -hmm. there's so many. And and the way that, you know. We're not adhere to either one. Yes, exactly. And now with sexuality, you know, being, you know, there's such a, um, and I hate to call it a trend, but, um, you know, just it's what's happening now is, 
you know, being misgendered or non-gendered or all of those mm -hmm. things. It's just, there's just a lot more opportunities for souls to sort of take on that. That's why, you know, I never understood why people get so pissed off and angry and judgy and biased and prejudiced about, you know, gay or who cares yeah, they're a right. they're a freaking soul that's trying to learn a very specific lesson so take your personal religious beliefs out of it and just look at that human being as a soul maybe that yeah. is the exact they're doing exactly what god wants them to do because they're learning how to overcome the challenge of being misgendered um, yeah. And so who are you to jump on their shit about it and call them names mm -hmm. and all this stuff? Judge them. Because in the next life, your ass is going to be the one who's got to be trans. And then we'll see mm -hmm. how that karma works out. See how you like perspective. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I got a little mad about that. <laughs> no, I completely agree. No, 100%. And I know I've, I've said this before where I think that when people who don't identify with um, male or female to to an extreme maybe they feel like they're more centered um i feel like it's because it's a perfect balance of both right of both the, the masculine and the feminine energy which i think there's like nothing but beauty in that but <sighs> you know I, I you can look at it so many different ways and yeah you can look at it and be hateful about it but i will say that i think anytime Anytime something triggers you or anchors you, or just bothers you or whatever, and you can call it what you want to call it. You can say like, oh, it's because it's against God's blah, 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 <laughs> which is bullshit because bullshit. you don't know. No, you don't know. You don't know. God didn't tell you that personally. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, and you can try to interpret some book written by men and say it says so right here. Mm -hmm. But I will <laughs> question the interpretations of those that book. <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> I'll write something on say, a piece of paper. It says you're an asshole. And I'll say, well, it says right here. It says it right asshole. here. It's written down right there. <laughs> no, um, I would say, I think that it has something to do with uh, something internal, something yeah. internal oh, about sure. them. Absolutely. Something that it, it's like, it isn't a, um, coincidence that people specifically men who are homophobic, like incredibly homophobic probably have some mm -hmm. homosexual tendencies themselves mm -hmm. and they're mm -hmm. triggered by someone acting out things that maybe don't seem possible for themselves mm -hmm. anger shame or whatever and spirit uh -huh. is non-gender anyway there's no there's no male spirit or female spirit there's they're 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 um gender appearing specifically so that you can recognize them from a past life as a human when you're in spirit they don't they don't they don't present to each other anything but the energy that they are that we are mm -hmm. as a soul mm -hmm. so it really is um it's an earth it's a human construct gender is a human construct and it's mm -hmm. necessary for freaking reproduction like sure. that's what it is but it, it that's it that doesn't hold anybody to any rules um mm -hmm. anyway so yeah it's it's just annoying to me um when i like start thinking about it it's like but you determine the gender that best supports the lessons and growth desired. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Then once you've determined your gender, the next step is determine your mother and father that best supports the lessons and growth desired. Now, this is influenced also by their, the mother and father's desired growth, their lessons, their karmic debt, and any past life contracts that, have, that, that yet need to be fulfilled because people – enter into contracts all the time that never get fulfilled. 
Um, and mm. so you have to look at those prior to your next incarnation and say, well, we didn't really complete this contract. And this is something that's necessary for both of our spiritual growth. We got to do it again. Mm. Um, so for instance, like a poet born into a family of doctors is going to have a bigger challenge in really authentically expressing themselves as a poet, um, yeah. you know, than if they were born into the do into a family of poets. And the same mm -hmm. goes for a doctor that's born into a family of addicts is going to have a different experience, socioeconomical, yeah. you know, opportunity, all of that stuff. Um, well, unless they're rich addicts, which, you know, then it's going to be mm -hmm. something completely different too. So sure. There's just all these different variations that could be potential. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the one thing that I want to say is a lot of people, um, non-woo people, you know, you see this mostly in Facebook timelines where, you know, keyboard warriors um, have to weigh in. Um, they think I would, you know, they were abused, have horrible lives, uh, physical, mental, emotional, sexual abuse. And they're like, I would never choose that for myself. Um, you know, and it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to argue with you. Then, sure. then you wouldn't. Okay. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, when they learn that that is a part of the incarnation process, um, it's going to be probably in a different life and a different body with a different experience. And, um, you know, I'm not going to be the one to be like, I told you so, you know what I mean? Like, who cares? No, just figure it out. You'll just figure it out. Have your day, belief. Maybe. Yeah. Um, all right. The next thing you need to determine is the physical body that best supports the lessons and growth desired. Um, some bodies may have challenges associated with them, and this choice is discussed with your spirit guides. Um, you may also choose to experience like a major injury, illness, disease, physical disability, etc., um, because the effort required, they said, to overcome a physical disability actually accelerates a soul's evolution or a spiritual evolution. Um, there are also souls who volunteer to have fatal illnesses, um, to be helped by someone or to come to an abrupt end of life. Now, this is in order to help advance another's purpose or life path. Much like last week, we talked about your dad, who his... Mm -hmm his injuries helped advance another person's life path um, yeah. or soul purpose. And so that is something that actually, um, you know, that people come to think of. Now I know um, for me, my challenges with excess weight are direct relation to a past life that I had as a prostitute. And oh. so that's another one of the, the reasons that I have such a difficult time um, maintaining any sort of significant weight loss. And also, um, I have a difficult time. Um, like, like I just said earlier that when I get to a certain point in my um, weight loss journey, and then I just lose interest and stop, it's mm -hmm. all tied to that, um, past life as, as a prostitute. But for the life of me, I can't goddamn get to the root of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, mm -hmm. that's one that I plan to, um, take into quantum hypnosis at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe I won't need to, maybe it'll just go away or something. I have no idea, but it, it's one of my biggest challenges and it's rooted in a past life. So, yeah. yeah. And you and I have talked about that a little bit about how, um, with empaths, it's common. Um, but also with women who have experienced, um, 
sexual trauma yes. to to carry extra weight yes. because it's almost like a protection. Yep. It's a barrier. It's it's a way of keeping themselves safe from that happening again. Yep. Yes. So that past life as a prostitute then also compounded by my current life as a child victim of a sexual abuse. Um, that just those two together, they're just you know, they're, they're a mind fuck and, yeah. you know, trying to get past that. It hasn't been a huge priority in my spiritual evolution because, you know, I've been developing my abilities and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but there, mm-hmm. there is coming a point where it's going to be, you know, sort of the final frontier. Um, and I'm not afraid of it or whatever. I mean, you know, um, but it's going to be, it's going to be nice to finally get to the root of it and shed it because it's like, Jesus Christ, it causes so much inner bullshit turmoil. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a spiritual lesson. Uh, okay, let's see. The next um, determination that must be made is determining the geographic location that best supports the lessons and growth desired. Um, you know, some souls are drawn back to a certain geographic area, um, either a new one or one where they had a life before. So if mm-hmm. you're drawn to a specific region, like I'm super drawn to like Greece, I'm super drawn to like Central America. Um, it's because typically you've had very happy or good, you know, lives there. Um, mm, so okay. Tends to be. Or it, it feels more like people in all of the research and the in all of the books that I've read on this topic, people typically, uh, yeah, my legs are tingling. Thank you, spirit. So that's my validation. Like I have zero desire to ever go to any sort of Asian countries. There's nothing against Asians or anything like that because Asian food is my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. It's just I have no desire to travel there. I don't. I don't care about seeing the sights. And so it's it's. I probably had an unhappy um, past life there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about also in episode 32, um, the choice is also the choice of geographic location is also influenced by soul age. Um, um, we talked about how infant souls tend to incarnate in more primitive locations. Um, right. Young souls tend to incarnate in more prosperous countries. And those old souls choose uh, more progressive countries. And it's just, it's just because mm-hmm. those are the countries that, or the, the geographic locations, the lifestyles, that sort of thing that support that specific incarnation. Um, we are um, meant to determine the primary relationships that best support the lessons and growth desired. So that means our family, our friends, our romantic partners, our children, our coworkers, etc. Um, you know, and that's 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 sort of fun. But you know, that's where we get to. Um, they say you can't you, that you um, can't pick your family, um, but you can. Um, but mm-hmm. also, you get to pick your friends, right? But you so, can't. You just. You just forget that you do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you just but, forget that you pick them. <laughs> and that's when people say, I would never. It's like, well, but you right. would. I would say it's that you pick them for a different reason. Yeah. Whereas, like, your friends you pick because, you know, you're happy around them or you learn something from them in a good way. Like, it's like it's a positive yeah. thing. And sometimes the relationships with family can be some of the most difficult relationships. But again, that goes back to 
how much the soul can learn from that interaction. Yes. As as great as a happy and loving positive connection is, which is all wonderful and I'm sure you you can learn from it the biggest lessons sometimes come from the hardest absolutely trials you know the hardest experiences absolutely that's that's absolutely true um the the most like you said that the biggest levels of growth come from the most challenging situations Mm -hmm. you know and like you know I just don't think people should beat themselves up for it or because even though you have that knowledge you know like with my relationship with my mom it's literally it's my most challenging relationship and um you know I have I'm challenged by forgiveness you know but I'm not also not going to beat myself up or you know tell myself that well you're not you're gonna have to repeat this relationship and you're gonna you know you know all that I'm not gonna freak myself out like oh I'm not doing yeah. it right you know what I mean like yeah that's that's just as bad so we do what we can what we're capable of yeah. um and you know we we eventually get past those those challenges yeah and we give ourselves grace yes. if we if we decide no if we decide you know what this lesson to, I'll just take care of the next life whatever right. free will Read right about that later I mean, fuck it <laughs> <laughs> It's true. And honestly, also, all almost all difficult relationships, if somebody has a, a loved one who passed over and they are the cause of the difficult relationship, and I like to think that I'm not the cause of this difficult, <laughs> but, you know, but I digress. The point is, is that the spirits always come through regretful, remorseful. I'm so sorry. You know, I wasn't the greatest mm. parent. Um, I should have done better. That sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah. And so a soul knows it's part in it um and you know even if you are it does it takes two to tango um, but right. sometimes you know one soul is just really um the one that needs to learn the lesson the bigger lesson you know what i mean right right uh, yeah exactly and sometimes the lesson is is um cutting that person out yes. and declaring no no more you can't steal my energy anymore you I won't let you hurt me anymore and that's that right you know sometimes the lesson is that mm-hmm. so boundaries not to say yeah boundaries mm-hmm. or even forgiveness for, but but forgiveness for doesn't mean you have to have a yeah exactly for yeah. yourself mm-hmm. not saying you're I forgive you let's have a relationship Mm-mm. it's I forgive you so I don't carry this around but also I don't want a relationship with you. Right. And that's it. Absolutely. 100%. It's so many different things, you know. Um, You know, my uncle posted something the other day and it was, you know, how families need to stop the bickering at Christmas time and, um, you know, come together and love one another. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, and normally I just let my, I don't comment on my uncle's post because, you know, one day he'll post something. Um, he's a Spartan, a Michigan State Spartan, right? So he'll post something. And then the next day he'll post something in support of Michigan, the University of Michigan. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You're No, we don't do that. So one day he'll post something in support of, you know, Joe Biden. And the next day he'll post something in support of Trump. And I'm like, dude, you're, you, you're doing the social media thing wrong. Make your make up your mind. Make up your mind. So I don't really like <laughs> pick a side. Not with my uncle. I love him. He's 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 my uncle. He can do no wrong. Um, yeah. But I was like, all right, I'm not gonna yell at him for posting this or anything. But I was like, you know, I was like, sometimes I took this as a passive aggressive opportunity to be passive aggressive. Not to him. Uh-huh. <laughs> it said, you know, sometimes the 
parent needs to take responsibility for blah 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 so um you know all right anyway that was a tangent related tangent we needed that um, the next step is to determine the catalytic connections, interactions, and relationships that best support the lessons and growth desired. Um, yeah. So, you know, people come into your life, they create these, this energy or this catalytic um, situation that propels mm-hmm. you into another direction, keeping you aligned with your soul blueprint and on track. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to determine what those happen, what, what those are. It could be friendships, mm-hmm. it could be family they could you know marriage divorce you know falling out with friends you know firing of a you know that sort of thing yeah yeah um we need to determine the major life events that best support the lessons and growth desired which are different than catalytic connections interacts and relationships in this way so basically they say um here this is um this is a channel For each determination that supports the lessons and growth desired, you must also determine optional decisions and outcomes based on free will. For example, if your decision to move across the country is the fastest and most joyful path to your desired outcome, but due to free will, the soul is afraid to leave behind all they have ever known, an alternative course of action must be planned within the soul blueprint that also leads to the desired outcome. Hmm. No path is wrong and all lead to what is meant for you. The path of least resistance is the most desirable to the soul planning their own blueprint, but the human is the one who has the free will to change course along the way. Often, this is done subconsciously due to fear or shadow programming that is yet to be healed from past lives or early childhood experiences. When knowingly... Uh, let's see. Um, all right, so I don't... I know I missed a word there, but basically um, when, when we knowingly choose to be directed by our fears, it breaks a contract with your higher self. And in order to realign with your soul blueprint, you must renew your contract by realigning with your higher self and radically accepting and surrendering all resistance to the path before you. Wow. Deep, deep shit by Jack Handy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, that is basically when determining the major life events. And I love that they brought in that part about free will um, because it's like, yeah, um, when they say no path is wrong and all lead to what is meant for you. Um, And also, I also think I love that they used the... um, the example of moving across country, which is what I did, but I will tell you, (laughs) I was never afraid of it. Like I've known my, ever since I was like in my twenties that I wanted Mm -hmm. to move and I was always afraid of moving. Oh, I won't be able to see my nieces and nephew grow up. I won't be able to, you know, I'll miss my friends and all that stuff. With the day that I decided that I was moving, it was just like, Oh, I'm moving. That's Mm -hmm. it. There was, it was done. It was a done deal. And Mm -hmm. from that point forward, any thought of not doing it, was gut-wrenching so yeah sometimes you just have to wait for those shifts to happen um Mm -hmm. and that's written into your soul blueprint yeah yeah and that's how i I think that's how i felt about being a mom like Ah. i i always knew that i wanted to have children i just my i knew um and yeah and when i found myself pregnant for the first time i was not i was not ever afraid of like what if I'm not a good parent or like, Mm-mm. what if I'm not this or what if I can't provide or what it, that those thoughts never crossed my mind. Mm-mm. 
it just wasn't that just wasn't a thing no well also too you had you had found that partner to do that Mm -hmm. one so you know you had a solid partner yeah 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 Yeah. no I I knew that the person I was having a baby with was a more than capable father yeah so yeah that yeah but Mm -hmm. but it just you just knew you you knew that was a part of just knew your soul blueprint you knew what you were supposed to do and you're like okay this is what we're doing yep because if I ever found myself with baby I'd be freaking out so (laughs) and I know a lot of people do and Mm -hmm. then I also know those a lot of people are like I just I just never that I never saw that for myself or that's not something that I ever thought I wanted to do Mm -hmm. and I get that I get I get both sides of that I understand yeah yeah very cool very cool cool how that the the how our higher self just sort of is I wish that we that our lower selves that's who we are we could pivot and um you know just practice radical acceptance as easily as the higher self does I know <clears throat> radical acceptance is the key to self-confidence girl and you know what lower low and in a few minutes we're going to talk about that a little bit more because we're going to talk more in depth about radical acceptance in a future episode in this life between life series uh let's see okay so the next thing that you have to do is create contracts with your spirit guides to help you stay aligned with the spiritual goals you have set for your current earth life so earlier today i was working with um one of my intuitive development one-on-one students and um i explained this to her and so this is the easiest way to explain it with intuitive development the primary spirit guide that you need to focus on is your higher self. It's not your spirit guides. Mm-hmm. They are there to help you stay aligned. They're operations. They are behind the scenes. They're management, right? They're mm-hmm. there to help you stay aligned with your soul blueprint. Your higher self, that's the person. That's what, who psychics hear. Um, yes, we, you know, you can hear loved ones who passed over. We can hear other spirits, but why I'm, um, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, a successful um, intuitive is because I have a direct connection and a language and a trust in my higher self. Once you Mm. get that, everything else just falls into place. So you have to create contracts with those spirit guides to help you stay aligned with the spiritual goals. Um, now you also have to create contracts with members of other soul groups, with members of your soul group, with members of your soul family, um, and then with any of those specialty spirit guides to help you align with the growth and spiritual goals that you've set for yourself. So there's a lot of networking and contracting and discussions and, you know, and, um, it's, it's, it's interesting how it all comes together. Yeah. Um, and when they, when they showed me this, um, it, it really, it does, it looks like a cocktail party. Like, you know, there's all these <laughs> high top tables, people standing around mm-hmm. and talking about, well, you know, you know, how are you going to do this? You know, how are you going to maneuver this, you know, um, you know, this trip to Portland, you know, with the dog and everything. And then it's like, I will make a contract with my future niece and see if she'll come with me. And you know what I mean? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, there's a lot that goes into the planning of your earth life. Um, but the one thing that they want us to know is that, however, and we'll touch on free will again, um, many details are determined in real time. So 
it's sort of like an outline. Your soul blueprint is an outline. There are details sure. that will play out because they're critical to the next phase and the next phase. But mm -hmm. much of it is also based on your thoughts, words, actions, choices. And so like any plan, you have to remain flexible and willing to take risks and, um, you know, have faith and trust in all of those things. So yeah. um, that's one of the inherent gifts of being human is that you have to learn, you know, trust yeah. and faith and all that stuff. And as we, you touched on earlier, this is where the skill of radical acceptance becomes an invaluable tool to help reprogram the subconscious, just like you said, in developing and in, in nurturing that shadow work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and again, we're going to talk more in depth about that. Um, I'm going to do a, a future episode on all on radical acceptance, um, which actually I think that would be a fun episode to do uh, like a co episode and talking about how that yeah. works with um, shadow work. Yeah, for sure. Yay. Um, okay. So, you know, so those are all of the things that must be determined in order to, you know, create your um, soul blueprint and move you into the next life. Um, so just to wrap it up, um, what they sort of showed me was they said that, you know, once the details of your life have been completed, and they do that with air quotes because, you know, again, it's never fully completed. Um it's, it, it results in this blueprint. Okay. Now here's where mm -hmm. it got super freaking cool. I was like, shut up. Um, the, the resulting blueprint is then they showed me that it was embedded onto like this dark blue piece of metal that was maybe like six inches by like four inches. Okay. Okay. And this dark blue metal plate is sort of what it was. It was then programmed with all of the details, all of the contracts, everything. And it was synced up with the crystal. It was like slid into the crystal and it synced up. And that crystal is connected to all the other blueprints and existed in the Akashic records. So they How tied cool. all of that together. It was so cool. <laughs> and I was, I was, that's when I was like all like nerding out like and geeking out. I'm like, like a floppy disk. Like a floppy disk. <laughs> yes. Like a freaking floppy disk. My kids have no idea what the hell that is, by the way. <laughs> no, nobody. No, right? So so they basically, they just said, you know, to sort of wrap it up, they're like, okay, so like the process of determining the details of your earth life is much more technical than we can imagine. And the cycle continues for years, for thousands of years, um, as we gradually gain sort of the the, the wisdom and the depth of experience and the spiritual and mental and emotional growth. Um, and so that's sort of, you know, sort of a summary, if you will, of the phase of choosing your next incarnation. It's much more technical than we would think. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff. Wasn't it? I, I was, I felt so blessed that, you know, I got to um, like see all that stuff firsthand. Cause of course I always, I also got the visuals too. Um, yeah. Very, very cool awesome thank you well you're very welcome do you have anything for the closing vibe uh i do i just had a quick recommendation i listened to this podcast episode of hidden brain which is um i believe it's an npr show but um it's called the psychology of self-doubt and they interviewed this psychologist who he's an expert on imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. He actually calls it, he calls it, he likes to refer to it as imposter phenomenon. 
but um, in his studies, um, he's found that some the the most successful people throughout history have felt this imposter phenomenon. Um, he interviews. He's he's talked about um, uh, Michelle Obama. He's talked about Albert Einstein um, and how. There's a couple of things that stood out to me, like the fact that um, when he went into the experiments, they were talking, um, they, they had this assumption that they, they thought that maybe women might feel more prone to, to feeling imposter syndrome than men. But in, their, in his work, that's not true. It's it's both yeah. it's it's yeah it's it's true for both men and women in in equal amounts. I would say I what I thought about that though was that I think uh, us women um, maybe are have a more probability to be more vocal about it or you know maybe more like you just like just female presenting people um, have a you just talk more you're just more chatty and more um, willing to talk about your emotions whereas someone who's more you know male identifying would especially if you know you're part of the patriarchy and all that you've you've had those those uh ideologies ingrained in you that you can't express your yep. emotions as as much so that's probably why like we have that preconception about it but that that isn't necessarily true but the interesting the most interesting thing that I took away from it was that the fact that these super successful people who we would necessarily never think that they would feel this way, like even like Tom Hanks, Dude, talks like about Michelle it. Obama, like what th- that she has not one thing to be, you know what I mean? Imagine Michelle Obama being not right. confident. Yeah. But she talks about how she's not sure, like uh, if, if she should be here, if, uh, if she's worthy of being here, if she's worthy of doing this, if she's worthy of, if she was worthy of being the first lady of um, her body type of all this, all oh, this God, shit, you know, all these things body. because, yeah, because it's our, it's all, it's, it's all social constructs and, and all this stuff. And then also racism too, because she's a black woman. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, um, people in the BIPOC community are more prone to feeling this imposter syndrome, but it's not, it's not exclusive to BIPOC people. Everyone feels it. Um, but what I took away from it was that this imposter syndrome thing doesn't have to be a hindrance to your success. People use it and the way that they utilize it, it, it makes them, it drives them further to to do better, to be better, because they feel like they have this innate need to prove themselves to other people, but most importantly to themselves. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can strike a balance between getting uh, or working to the point where you can get over that, that imposter syndrome where you've shown it to yourself, like, no, like I'm, I'm fully capable of this. Um, And the balance between that and your mental health, of course, um, that you can overcome it and you can be successful despite it or you can integrate it and actually be successful because of it because it's it's a driving force behind your success so I thought that was just a beautiful thing yeah it's very cool it's very cool and it's funny because when I talk to people about their soul their soul blueprint or I do an akashic reading on them and they're like well you know I want to do this thing but 
right? Mm -hmm. Everybody, I want to do this. I want to do that. But there's always these buts. But what those buts are similar many times if when we get in there and I'm like, well, let's break those down. Mm -hmm. Always, always, always pops up. Who am I to be doing this? I'm not ready. I don't have the training. Who am I to turn around? And, you know, so it's, it's imposter syndrome and it's prevalent. Um, So I'm glad more people are talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's actual research and stuff going on behind it too. Which is, which is cool because you would think that, um, you know, more people that were so female identifying uh, would have that. Mm-hmm. Issue, but yeah. of Everyone. all the people that you asked me, Michelle Obama would not be somebody that was on my list. <laughs> I'm like, no, she knows. She knows. <laughs> Viola Davis. Oh. Viola Davis is on there. It's like, oh my goodness. I, she's, I, I, I would say she's probably the greatest actress. Yeah. Of all time, she's I would yours. say. Yeah. She's oh, easy, easy. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Um, yeah, but even she gets it. She says it too. So. Yeah. I don't even know who my greatest actress or um, actor would be. I don't even know. Think about think it. About it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, you guys, thank you for joining us today. Uh, you can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast. And be sure to join our Facebook community, the Esoterics Group, um, where you can hear firsthand about our services, events, and courses, and as well as get all sorts of fun um, tips and tricks and card pulls and memes and maybe some free meditations in 2022. Um, you know, so lots more. Yep. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. It would mean the world to us. It's as easy as sharing a screenshot on your Insta stories or Facebook stories and just tagging us. We love to share those. Uh, We want to thank you for sharing space with us today. Uh, Stay mystical, magical, and ready to do it again next year because this is the end of season one. So we want to. Thank you guys so much for all your support this whole season. And we're going to take a break and come back refreshed and ready to give you some more insightful content in the new year. Yes. Thank you so much. Literally. um, So we did, we did 36 episodes and we can't promise that each season will have 36 episodes. Right. (laughs) But when we started this, we, um, you know, we just wanted to, do it right we just we would get together and just laugh and talk and we were ridiculous and you know we're like oh, let's do a podcast right maybe we didn't care if anybody listened but you guys are crazy you know and in in meredith actually from the girls girls media she was actually telling me that she she she's like loves checking the stats we actually we hit number 75 in spirituality and she said now people will start seeing us awesome yes and so um the more people that you the more that you listen and the more that you help share and all those things like it just propels us more but all of that is nothing because we just are so grateful (laughs) we're just grateful that anybody listens (laughs) and we just love doing this so thank you from the bottom of our hearts yeah thank you guys all right right. bye-bye bye-bye